You're listening to the Sales Process Excellence Podcast with Michael Webb. Hello, this is Michael Webb. Some people concentrate on best practices in selling and marketing. Other people concentrate on data and evidence and systems thinking. In this podcast, we focus on the principles that enable people to pursue both. My guest today is Tobia Lamarca. Tobia, welcome here. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Hi, Michael. Hi, hi everyone. Yes, I actually work for Akamai Technologies and uh, as a business development representative, so I work all over Italy. And um, before this job, I was in another uh, IT company. I was in Dublin in Workday an SAS company that sells software for HR and finance. And I spent there a great time and then learned a lot. And even before this, I studied marketing and sales management. I earned my master's degree in uh, Edinburgh, Scotland. And yeah, so my path has been really kind of straight from the, 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 the school desk, let's say this, to the, to the job. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So so uh, Tobia, you approached me, and it was kind of a surprise because I had been thinking we would focus this podcast with you know general managers and executives and consultants, and you are a salesperson, and yeah. you you claim that reading my books and uh, applying those concepts has been helpful to you at work, and I thought, well, heck. A salesperson's point of view is pretty valuable, right? You're you are a, you're you're sort of ensnared in the system that we're all trying to build and improve. So I thought that sounded like a great idea. Could you tell us, um, like, uh, your kind of your evolution? I know you were in school pursuing, um, uh, as I, as I recall, marketing and sales as a degree program, and then you took this job, and then you went back. And then you found my books. Could you tell us what attracted you to them and, and like what were the milestones of your learning as you did that? Yeah, okay. Let's say that uh, the, the, the curious thing was how I discovered your books. And because I was just, I was at university and I was studying for my assignment for my exams. And then I, I said, okay, there should be someone all over the world who mixed Six Sigma and data with, with, with sales, I cannot be the first one who's thinking about this. I'm mm -hmm. just a student. And so I started with my research on online and then I I went into your into your website, into your books, and then I took these books and I, I read uh, the first one. See the marketing the, the, the Six Sigma way. Mm -hmm. and then I said, Okay, this is the kind of thing I have to apply in my job as soon as I'm out of university to at least build a reputable and a predictable way of working. Mm -hmm. So this is how I came in, yeah. And then I, I moved to your second one, Sales Process ex Excellence, that was just like a, the, you know, it's the continuum to, right. to, to, yes. to, to my status. So I'm kind yeah. of your student, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's delightful. So, so as a salesperson, uh, tell yeah. us, I mean, you, you're probably one of the few salespeople who thinks along these lines in your company. So, so tell us what were the problems you were trying to solve that these 
you know, these ideas helped you and which ideas did you begin applying? Okay, yeah. Um, actually, when I, when, I, when I started reading your books, I said that this should be the way I have to approach my job. That was kind of, you know, they gave me a structure on how to build my working routine. Mm-hmm. Because I said, like, you know, if you, if you enter a job and then you think about your job as supported by a process, everything is easier. Mm-hmm. Because you can understand what will happen for until the end of the week. You can understand and you can kind of predict what will happen until the end of the month. So that that, that was the way because uh, before this, I was also like b- before s- that I went back to, to school, I was a sales agent. And uh, at, that, at that time, uh, I was working for another company who sold that beauty products and mm-hmm. they didn't have any sales process at all. So I was kind of, you know, guessing what should have happened if or th- th- this kind of things. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, let's, let's try to build a structure. Let's try to build uh, a skeleton to work with. And the good thing is that all these process made me think as my job as not only a way to provide value to my customers, okay, but as a way to maximize the outcomes or the gains in the right amount of time to avoid any, you know, kind of quality defect. Mm-hmm. So, and they gave me also, the good thing is that they provided me value not only in the business, but also in the personal life. And this is very curious because using your books and structuring my days, I've been able in doing things in the right amount of time to have time to dedicate myself to study, to go, to, to live my life. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, I, I, I've, no, really, I've become effective because when you start a sales job in a new company and you have to build something from scratch, usually you don't have time. Right. Because you are supposed to spend eight hours a day in the office, but then you end up spending 12 hours per right. day in the office. Right. And your, your life is getting kind of, not on, let's not say destroyed, but... You don't have a right balance, and then the quality of your job decreases, and after six months, you're already burned out. Mm-hmm. So, so what about I, uh, what about the way yeah. of thinking there helped you to yeah uh, be more effective and and spend, I guess that means spending less time on stuff that wasn't going to produce value and more time on yeah. stuff that was. Yeah, like they gave me the right you know foundation to the, the right mindset to focus on the things that were important for my customers, mm-hmm. not only for me. And uh, the good thing about, I remember like uh, one, one paragraph of one of your books, it was great. And I was still uh, at university when I read it. It was like regarding the value, you know, everyone was talking at school, all these speakers, they came at university and they said, you have to provide value. You have to provide value. Yeah, but what's value? Like, yep. that can be everything. That was your one paragraph of your book that said value is actually when a customer takes a reaction to one of your actions. So, so let's say you produce, I don't know, you write an email and then the customer opens the email and he finds this email attractive. You've, you have built value. Yes. 
So that was that was maybe maybe for some people that's nothing, but th- that for me that was a cl- great clarification, you know, because I was kind of I was studying and I was trying to find answers to questions, mm-hmm. and then no one told me like what's value. So what's value it can be everything, it can be a chair, it can be <laughs> can be money, it can be everything. No, and that was like the foundation of really my job. So thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're you're quite welcome. I and I didn't invent that concept. <laughs> okay. But I did I did realize um, that that's what we're trying to do in sales. We're trying to get other people to take actions. And yeah. if if we don't get their attention, if we don't get their information, we don't get their time, if we don't earn their trust, we're never going to be able to earn any of their money. Yeah, that's true. So, so, um, so that was, uh, I'm sure, an eye opener. Um, in, in fact, it's it's so deceptively simple. Companies don't realize that to fully take advantage of that principle, they have to re-engineer everything they do in marketing and sales. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's a good principle. I think you found. <laughs> That's a good one to start with. So tell me more. Uh, what other kinds of, of uh, uh, challenges did you face and, and ideas did you find that were useful? Okay, like um, ideas that were useful, uh, it was actually one um, to not only uh, understand, let's not say understand, not only to think, think about sales from the customer's point of view. That was one of your ways of thinking about sales was to switch the perspective, you know? So let's mm-hmm. see the selling side, the sales cycle from the customer's point of view. That mm-hmm. was that from the action he takes. This is the only one way by which you can build something. So this is the second idea, but mm-hmm. the, the, that, that were a lot of others, like, I don't know, um, this is something I do from your books, you know, now we are in a huge in, in a world that is dominated by technologies and a lot of companies spend a lot of money in tools, you know. Mm-hmm. So they buy the, 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 the most expensive CRM thinking that the other functionalities will fix their sales reps problems and they will be able to reach their quotas, but it's not in this way that it works because right. sometimes they buy these expensive CRMs. Okay, I love CRMs, I have them. But all these functionalities, we cannot use them because we don't have the right amount of time to use right. this CRM. It's right. not because that we are lazy, that we're not logging everything, but simply because we don't focus on the activities that don't give value to, I know, to our customers or to us. So this was a second concept I, I got from your books. So yes, yeah. yeah, to, to, to understand that to sell in the right way, you have to build a skeleton. So you have to build the process. You have yeah. to, as you said before, you have to in, kind of re-engineer all your, all your selling cycle. So, yeah. So, so let, me, let me rephrase that yeah. uh, and then go back to your point about CRM, which I think is a huge one. So the, I would say um, now, I would say that the selling process is really a series of conversations with your customer. And to get their attention is a conversation. 
right? To get their time and their information, obviously those are conversations. Those are the early stages of their customer journey. Um, that information includes other people in their business that they have to interact with if they're going to prioritize the kinds of problems that your offer can solve, right? Yeah. So if the customer isn't in lockstep with you and elevating their commitment to you at the same time as you're elevating your commitment and time to them, then it's a one-sided conversation, right? Yeah. And so yeah. that's the logic that I think that you're, you're referring to here in how you have to build a process with the customer. And at any given time, there's different kind of work that needs to be done. And it is the things that prevent you from doing that work quickly and easily that are the bottlenecks you have to solve. And unfortunately, people who design sales training and deliver it, and people who design CRM systems and deliver them, while they have lots of good possibilities and good ideas and good functions potentially, unless they deliver the salesperson what they need at the time they need it, the salesperson can't use it. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, so I came up on the sales training side uh, of the industry um, rather than the CRM side. I made that choice consciously because I was always really interested uh, in that sort of technology. But, but uh, you know, I, I, either, in either case, the vast majority of the product, uh, whether it's a CRM software or it's the training, um, doesn't stick and isn't used uh, by the sales forces um, that they're applied to. Uh, and that's really unfortunate. So I'm guessing that you've seen that uh, there at Akamai. I, you know, like, like in my actual company, I'm kind of really, really lucky because um, let's say that I also choose a company that gives me a lot of, um, let's say, a space to do the job the, 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 the way I like. Mm -hmm. but, and I choose a company based, it seems stupid, but I choose a company based on the use of the CRM the average use of the CRM that, that was done by the salesperson. Because as soon as you don't, let, let's say, you can use the CRM's functionalities as they built right now if you equip every salesperson with the sales administrator. So if you give them a kind of you know person that logs everything in, mm -hmm. they can use the CRM as a system. <laughs> If you like, if you give the CRM to the salespeople and then you say, "Okay, salespeople, let's use the CRM," then they they don't have the right the, the, the time to use it. So, I'm actually, let's say, re really, really, really lucky because my company gives me time to do my job and gives me time to sell and to provide the right value to, to mm. all the customers. Excellent. So yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a really great company. Yeah. All right. Well, that is really good to hear because there's <laughs> yeah. plenty of companies out there that um, struggle. Uh, and the salespeople um, that struggle with that. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, does another idea or principle come to mind about um, that that has helped you maybe to qualify uh, prospects better than uh, other salespeople do? Mm, I think that compared to some of my you know colleagues, I usually talk with and that 
that started with me. I've y- your books told me one thing, like that prospects or people that want to buy, they love to be kind of you know guided by to, to to a decision. So they love to follow some a structure, and they love to follow some steps mm-hmm. that are kind of regular. So. It's not like, let's say, I will call you back in a couple of weeks and then we will figure out what to do. But it's better to say this will happen in the next three days and then this other thing will happen in the next two weeks and then this thing will happen in the next month. Is it okay with you? I found this concept that is really, really like great because people, they want to be guided to a decision nowadays that is a lot of confusion and then when they find a, a kind of safe person uh, was really consultative in the way he he works they just let him guide that's interesting so uh, that's a yeah. very big big qualifier i would think um yeah. because if you have a prospect that reacts positively to this structure then that means that they're motivated to get to a decision Whereas someone who kind of drags their feet and says, well, okay, uh, you know, um, we'll get back to you. They're not as qualified. And that, of course, is a key thing that salespeople need to know, especially in complex, long Mm -hmm. sales cycles like enterprise software. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like they, they, they love to be to be guided towards something because if they really have a pain, if they really have a problem, if they really want your value, they want to be guided towards something. They don't want to take the lead because they trust you. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. Um, and I'm sure you've heard of this, but I, I, maybe uh, you probably experienced it. And I just, I just, I just want to ask. And when I sold enterprise software many, many years ago, um, it was a big issue that we would spend time with a prospect and set up custom demonstrations. And the biggest challenge was that they would never make a decision. Mm-hmm. And in how to, I learned later a sales technique that got around that problem. Um, it was a more challenging sales technique, but it was a, it was a huge issue. So, and after I was in sales training, some of our most important clients were clients that were struggling with that very problem, where the customer was more than happy to take your time and watch your demos and look at your return on investment analysis and just, you know, really ooh and ah and be happy to learn about all that stuff. But getting them off the dime to get them to buy something uh, was not possible. And a lot of salespeople you know, they get in trouble and they start failing to perform because they can't overcome that problem. So have you seen it? And, and, and how might process, in your mind, how might a process help solve that? Okay, I think that this is something I have not seen directly, but it's a problem and uh, that I, I know about uh, simply because I, you know, I inform myself and make questions mm-hmm. to that do my job i think that as i told you before if you follow the kind of process you can understand which person not only to talk to but which person to spend the time with that it's the most valuable asset that a salesperson person has yeah 
And um, it's simply because if you build the framework and if you build some steps, you actually, when you, when you sell something, someone else is buying something, you, so you're actually working and walking together mm-hmm. towards not only a decision, but towards a solution, okay? So if you build the process, the process is, is made of steps. It's like walking. The person who really wants to buy is really, re- really wants to spend time with you and walk with you. Mm-hmm. Building a process, you understand who will walk with you and who will not walk with you. Because yeah. there are a lot of people that, you know, let, let's, let's think about selling as a, as a walk. They take a few steps with you and then they figure out that it's too challenging to change, that it's too, that, you know, if they buy something, they will run into problems because it's better to stay with the status quo as they are. Mm-hmm. Building a process, building a skeleton, you can understand who really wants to take a challenge and who really wants to take a decision and who really wants to change. So, yeah. And, yeah, so assuming that you have enough uh, prospects in your pipeline, mm-hmm. then simply discovering that this particular prospect is having too much trouble making a change, so they're not ready. I'm going to put them aside, and there's somebody else here in my pipeline that I can elevate the importance of and start working with. And in that way, you can manage to get enough productivity, enough uh, customer deals to be productive in the eyes of your company. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? But, but mm-hmm. it, without a process, it can be difficult to identify those, to identify what stage they're in and where are they blocked. So you could have a right. I mean, go ahead and comment on that. Yeah, it's like if you don't have a problem, you, you cannot trust your gut in 2018. It was okay. <laughs> no, no, really. It was okay. <laughs> like, it was okay 15 years ago. It was okay 20 years ago. It's okay. We didn't have all the data and all the – but also, no, let's not talk about data. Let's talk about research and let's talk about knowledge, okay? Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, we didn't have that knowledge. I, I, I was not even born, but I've bought a lot of books about it even <laughs> then, 20 years ago, and that was not the same amount of knowledge, probably because that was not an industry surrounding sales mm-hmm. as much as it was for marketing, for example, you know? And so now that we have all these amount of research, it's not time anymore to trust only our gut. Gut feelings are really important because at the end of the day, we... Thanks God we're humans, but we can be empowered by a process. We can be empowered by data. They can make our job easy, easily, really easy, and yeah. we can do things in the in the in the right way. Without a process, you cannot understand who's ready, who's not. But you you cannot even understand what happened two weeks ago because you got lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. Only yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so, so a process allows you to determine where the problem is, lo- yes. where, where it's located, so that you can take corrective action yeah. for that particular problem. And in in the examples that that I was referring to of enterprise sales getting stuck and consuming the sale the selling company's resources on demos and return on investment studies and stuff like that. Um, one of the things that I learned and I thought it was quite valuable uh, in my sales training career was a method of 
sort of driving a decisive environment, reaching a decision maker um, with a, a special type of presentation that's designed to get them to declare, you know, is this enterprise software problem a priority for me or for us in the next six months or 12 months or not? And to insert that um, sort of high-level selling presentation early in the sales process uh, was a clear and effective way to prevent us from spinning our wheels with prospects who were not really qualified. Okay. Have you seen that sort of thing happen? No, 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 not in not in my actual industry, but I'm kind of aware of the of the thing. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's something that a CRM system can't do for you, but uh, as you pointed out, the CRM can perhaps gather information that a salesperson needs. Right, and make that make that easier for them. Um, now, another question for you, and I'm going, you know, based on stuff that I know is in the books, and I'm curious whether they they um, seemed useful to you or not. In um, chapter three of Sales Process Excellence, I talk about the observable characteristics of sales opportunities. And yes. turning the quality of a sales opportunity into a number. Curious, um, from an individual salesperson's point of view, um, have you kind of noodled around with that at all? What do you mean, like? Have you tried that? Have you tried defining the observable characteristics and converting? Not, not, not yet, but planning to, to, to do this as soon as I can, as soon as I, as I ramp up. Okay. So, so is, are there other people in your company that are, that might be interested in those kind of concepts too? Yeah, I think that, that, that should be like a topic of maybe interest to some of my colleagues, but not only inside, but also outside the company, because it's always good, you know, to share, to share the, the knowledge and to share something you found valuable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, good. yeah, but, but, I do it like kind of every day. So, so when I'm in the uh, the, the uh, keynote speech at Kuo University on October the fifth, I'll be sharing some examples um, where that technique was used, and these clients end up with very high percentages of forecast accuracy: ninety four, ninety five, ninety six percent forecast accuracy mm. by being able to do that. But it's Something that the sales department, you need multiple salespeople to share this, this common standard, I guess, uh, for um, assessing the quality of the sales opportunities. And then you need a method of gathering that data, and then you need to statistically analyze that data. And computers are all necessary you know, for doing all that. Um, but boy, when you do it, 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 it provides a... Uh, consistent way for salespeople to prioritize their deals, that alone improves sales productivity dramatically. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those systemic uh, issues that most senior executives that I know are unaware of. You know, they leave the sales process to the sales department. They don't bother with trying to uh, measure it or improve it. They don't bother with operational definitions of things, 
And as a result, very little improvement really happens. When the market's good, they do well. And when the market's bad, they don't do so well. And they just think that's the way things are. Um, and that can be really frustrating, especially in a downturn. So, um, well, tell me more. Um, other, other things that might have been useful to you or perhaps some things that were mm, puzzling or not useful to you uh, in what you've seen so far, Tobias? Like, what do you mean, like, useful in my job or in yeah. the books? Like... Or not useful. No, and, no it's like in, in my job, as I told you, I've been pretty pretty lucky because as soon as I started my uh, CSK in the B2B, I was, like, given an entire kind of, let's say, country, uh, mm -hmm. Italy, to, to de develop the the pipeline for mm -hmm. so i didn't have kind of any problems at all before and because i was just like the first person even if when i was in work day i was the first person doing business development for italy it's in mm -hmm. the first person doing business development for italy but it's not that they helped me in overcoming challenges but they helped me in doing the right job like the, the job in the right way so it's they equipped me with the right tools. Mm -hmm. What kind of right training did they give you? Yeah. Uh, who? Akamai. No, like, uh, now this is kind of uh, our internal information I cannot share with. Ah, okay. Sorry for this, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I, I would guess that a lot of it was product training. Uh, yeah. and, and I would hope some of it was selling skills as well and how to use the CRM and things like that. Yeah, that was uh, a really good, good, good training in 360 degrees from, this is all, all the things I can say from the product point of view, but also from the selling point of view, but from the soft and hard skills. So it was a really huge, huge, huge training. Excellent. So, yeah. Sounds like a wonderful company to work for. So Yeah, yeah. And, I've been and, really lucky. And I don't mean to pry or ask something that I don't, you know, have no business knowing, but just out of curiosity, what would you say is the biggest challenge or problem that you're trying to solve today? In my career? Well, in your job, in your career, yeah. What, what's the biggest mm. thing that, that you have to overcome or that, that is a challenge for you? For me, as a challenge, personal, I, it's a really nice question. Um, Hmm. I I just 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 to I have to become a little bit more predictable in the way I work, but it's something that is more personal than okay. than else because I think that it comes with experience, and I'm just like you know I'm just an entry level worker, so okay, th this is my big challenge. Yeah, now. Well, and that's uh, certainly a reasonable thing when you're in a sales job, particularly early in your career, there's an awful lot that you have to learn. And it's a job that requires you to be able to reflect on yourself as well yeah. as reflecting on other people. Um, and that's, it's quite a challenging, um, it's a challenging thing to get involved in and be held accountable to achieving certain results when the people around you are people that you cannot control. Yeah. So... A lot of variables, yeah. Yeah, a lot of variables, and, and it's also a fascinating 
um, it's a fascinating place to be. And the opportunity to learn how to influence other people uh, by listening to them and understanding their problems and their challenges from their point of view and then having a way to structure that in your mind, um, you know, those are awfully valuable uh, skills that you'll use for the rest of your career. Yeah. Super. Well, I want to thank you for uh, being a fan. <laughs> a lot of salespeople are not so analytical as you, right? Or ambitious to have gone out and purchased uh, two books and, and actually read them. So thank you for that attention. Um, is there any, any uh, question you would have for me or um, observation or anything like that that you'd like to share with our audience? No, like more than a question, I like to share an, with the audience, with the, especially because, you know, I'm really an entry level, so I'm really on the field. And I think I, I'm one of the few people like that is not an executive you're having in this podcast. And um, just for the executives, I've been lucky in my career, but for the executive at all, um, give your salespeople the right mindset to work with. Mm -hmm. So it's not only a matter of tool, it's not only a matter of uh, you cannot fix long-term problems with short-term things like technology or this kind of thing. Just give your salespeople the right mindset. Just keep your salespeople with the right foundation to do their job, with the right processes to do their job, and they will, they will do a great, great, great work for you. Tobias, if our audience wants to follow up with you or connect with you, how can they do it? Okay, yeah, they can add me on LinkedIn or just write me an, a message there. Tobia Lamarca, it's spelled T-O-B-I-A space L-A space M-A-R-C-A. They can just add me and equal the questions they want. It will be my pleasure to answer. That's great. Super. Thank you very much, Tobias, and we'll be following up with you in the future. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. The Sales Process Excellence Podcast is sponsored by Sales Performance Consultants. Discover how to improve your B2B sales with systems thinking at salesperformance.com.